Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Is it definitely hot for you? Definitely hot. Oh, basements are known for their heat. Oh, you're talking about the sound. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Jeremy, is this your boy, Brother Theodore, right here? Yes. This is him? And it looked like he'd been doing his his spiel for like 30 years or 40 years. Yeah, what a great guy. Okay. <laughs> I'll save that for later. Welcome to Quality Time, everybody. We just hop right in. We get going. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Woodworth, and I'm also joined by my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, Don't how are you? Don't know who you're talking to. Oh, God. Is this Brother Theodore? It's me, Brother Theodore. Oh, God. The he's entire so... broadcast will be done through streaming <laughs> like an angry Hitler guy. Gosh. An angry Hitler? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I like, I As was... opposed to very mellow Hitler. Hello, I'm Mellow Hitler. Mm. I don't feel like doing a holocaust today. Maybe just drink some nice tea. <laughs> Have you had this chamomile? Yes. Oh. I, I prefer Earl Grey. <laughs> Spa day, Hitler. <laughs> and then, uh, that other laughter that you hear in the background here is none other than uh, our co-host, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you, love? Co-host. Uh, I'm good, Daddy. Yes. Good to hear from you. How's everything going? I'm good. I'm a little. I'm a little hungover from yesterday. Little I, hungover. Little hungover. Okay. Like yeah. a midget. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Midgets get a little hungover. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Oh, what you did okay. There. Yeah, that works. I don't get it actually. Oh, and that they voice prefer that you... to be called shorties. Okay. That voice that you hear over in the corner is none other than returning guest to the show. Die Laughing Productions own comedy uh, uh, aficionado, Mr. Rob Mayer. Rob, how are you, sir? I am honored to be here to share a seat that Chris Restivo has sat in. Oh, God. This is big time. (laughs) This is my Vietnam. Can we not talk about (laughs) You are in a broadcast of the tens now. Yeah. How does it feel? Stepping your game up. It feels great to be back with uh, you wonderful people to talk about the classic movies like we're going to today oh the birds man we're so excited to get into it but first let me jeremy let's let's talk about something let's bring it out to the forefront is it about what a big whore i am i mean it has to do with your gaping (laughs) asshole say no doubt uh but (laughs) not about me this week prison without coming out with a big asshole jeremy true or false are you now the permanent 
co-host of the Chris Restivo podcast. I, until I quit. Whoa. Yes. Until you quit. So you've accepted the mantle of being the co-host of the Chris Restivo podcast. I have been, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, what do they call it when you have to go to go and do military service even though you don't Drafted? Yeah, you've drafted. been drafted. Oh, God. Drafted. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an honor to serve your country or to serve the Chris Restivo podcast. As a, You know, it's weird because Jeremy, ever since he's been doing... <clears throat> The Chris Restivo show. He's just been uh, uh, gunning down Asians, much like Vietnamese, uh, so, <laughs> much like Vietnam. Look, <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're gonna call me a racist, I am full. I I think the Asians are not only the best people in on the earth, better than any white person. Yeah, but I am also part of the com- campaign on Asian hate, and my campaign is to open your eyes to Asian hate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Eric, Eric, I want to be the third quality time brother. I'm tired of not being a full uh, member. God, that's, I, that's I am a racist and all Asian, Asians are better than everybody else on earth. Hey, right, don't use that. that joke on the Chris Rastivo yeah, show. Don't, yeah, that's, you save that as a quality right. time exclusive. Okay. When you people ask you, are you on any podcasts? I mean, do you where would you rank the Chris Restivo show? Is that going to get mentioned first at all? It's still just like a barely uh, broken virgin. It's still bloodied everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. It still needs to go to the police and get a report. He can't just give an answer. He Are you? Do you have like meetings beforehand to go over topics? Yeah, what is show prep for the Chris Restivo show like? He has no prep whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Liter- Much like his business practice, <laughs> he literally conce- con- con- considers it just having fun talking. But my show prep every week is to see how much gay I can get away with. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, while I pull this up, you wrote a uh, you wrote an intro song for the Chris Restivo show. Yes. Yes. I did. And um, I I wish I had pulled it up earlier because I didn't. But uh, it's not. And one of your favorites, not saved no, on your it's, computer. It's so good that I felt like it, the world wasn't ready for it yet. And I think he emailed it to me. But uh, you did two. You did one where Chris Restivo raps, correct? Yeah. And then no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why would then, you think it sounds bad? Uh, <laughs> I can't. I really don't. I, what did you send it via? Uh, I cannot. As Facebook? much as I love Jeremy's music, I cannot believe I drove an hour and a half to have my ears raped to the sound of Chris <laughs> Restivo. You can't believe you went to a Woodworth basement and there was rape. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Look, <laughs> Christmas this year was really awkward. Uh, damn. You know, there's a secret that <clears throat> when you fill up a cross space. Here with enough bodies, you have to Here cover it over with cement. Here we go. That shit will stink up a basement, Here. and the cops are on to you once that. You, know, you're, you should have your own HGTV show. <laughs> <laughs> How to renovate and hide the bodies. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, well, you sent it to me. I know you don't have it, Eric. I mean, it's, this I is it was a great song. Email. I thought it was if, in my email. If there was any way I could get the actual host from this old house, Bob Fosse, to join me as like Bob a co-host, host, yeah. Thought it was Fossey? Bob Vila. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Bob Vila, not Bob Fosse. But just it's think, Bob, Bob Fosse. Bob Fosse, we could like do Bob dance, Hope? dance numbers and everything. Bob Velveeta, or at least Roy Sh- Roy Scheider. Bob De Niro. Yeah, Bobby De Niro. 
Hmm. I guess got, I got don't. A lot of, you've got a lot of bodies in your basement. They would call it million dollar bail listing. <laughs> <laughs> we have the, the question of the week. Will this house be raised because of all the dead bodies? I was really disappointed because I used to watch the show Flip or Flop and I thought it was about Eric's penis. <laughs> Jesus Boom. Christ. Boom. You know, I'm a, you know I'm a flop guy. You know it. Sounds like a good tuna show about how much just, d- dolphin is in your food. Just whenever, but whenever you play with it, it just kind of, when it goes this direction, it's a flip. When it goes this direction, it's a flop. It just... <laughs> I swear you emailed it to Sounds me, but like I, oh, here it is. Experience. I found it now. <laughs> there it is. I've got it. Here. There you go. strong jeremy it's, it's a great song it's the yeah. perfect length too for how i like your works to be hey the, the shorter the better yes <laughs> <laughs> like my penis the opposite of, opposite of ashley's uh, penis choices yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong i need a seven or better yeah. the problem with that song for chris is if he dislikes it then he's anti being called not gay yeah so he's in true. a real conundrum. His, his head do? might explode. By the way, the chorus was meant to sound gay. <laughs> <laughs> Not gay. So, J- Jeremy, you also you you also collabed with with Chris Restivo on a song. Yes. Yes, because I'm helping his brand. You're helping the Chris Restivo clothing. Go to ChrisRestivoClothing.com. <laughs> Right now, if you're listening, here, Jeremy, here's a here's the song you've collaborated with mm. Chris Restivo on. I make Let's rap see. music. Good start. Mother gotta feed, children gotta eat, dance around the pool week after week, selling that ass, laps and dollars. That's America's triple lives Oh man, Chris Restivo rapping. Oh, is there anything that guy can't do? <laughs> God, he's so good. He's so good at Eric, all the things he does. Eric, Eric can I have a towel? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's literally a geyser shooting out from underneath Ashley's they, chair right they now. They call me the old faithful of pussy juice. <laughs> <laughs> they do call you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Mm. Why do you have 5,000 unread emails? <laughs> I, that's how I do. I just do. I, there's no explanation. It just you ever get you ever see a problem? It's just too much to deal with. I was yeah, like, I can't even open. Them. For that. I can't even yeah. open all of them. It's just that, it stays. That, like that should be a podcast. You just each <laughs> each episode, you just open a hundred <laughs> old emails. You, you've got mail that you're too afraid to yes. open. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much. That Let's explains see what's in here. why you've never read any of my Patreon proposals. Oh look, yes. you sent me money or there's or a, my scripts for dialogue. Oh, I production. can see what other people got paid and not me that's cool oh 
our headliner. It just says three times what Ashley got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What is the rate that women are getting paid at these days? <laughs> I don't know, but it's somewhere around 15% less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start caring about the podcast 15% less. <laughs> Stop. It's really going to affect our numbers, Ashley. <laughs> You got to look at the bright side that now that women can become men, they will be making the same amount of money. So fair point. <laughs> I like you know what you're right. <laughs> that's, that, oh, that's fair. I mean, you're really making a lot of sense today. Hey, these ladies, yeah. these ladies can transit up and make the extra fifteen percent if they want. <laughs> I don't even need to change my name. I can still just be Ash. Yeah, Ashley Schaefer, uh, BMW. Just go for it. Start it. Make it happen. Yeah. Are we getting there? We, we getting sponsored by them? Yeah, yeah. We're Ashley Schaefer, BMW. Making BMW sponsored. money now. Yeah. Respect our trans co-host, Sweet. so that she. <laughs> He, he. I don't you know what? I'm fine with that because I've always had the biggest dick on this podcast. Yeah, so that's true. Fine. yeah go off, Wayne. <laughs> Does that make the show more or less diverse if, uh, if she's no longer a woman? But uh, I'm gonna, have I'm gonna. To. But well, to be clear, I'm gonna keep the tits. So okay, she'll just like have a I bigger did. Dick <laughs> People always keep the tits. Yeah, they're nice. They're they're nice mm-hmm. to play with. Or when you're falling asleep during a comedy show, you just kind of tuck your chin and just kind of take a nap on them. Falling okay. asleep during a comedy show. Yeah. Who what? show would I be asleep during? <laughs> are you Look. going to a show where they have the same MC every month? Look, your 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 fans are not asleep, Rob. They're just high on meth so that they can barely stay awake. I have fans now. That's and, nice. And, and then they mention that they're from Jessup. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. We just talked about that last back. night. <laughs> We missed that guy. Did you ever find out what happened to that guy, Rob? After uh, he tried to fight you, he got hired as the bouncer at McGooby's. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, wish shit. I'd recorded that show, but then God. part of me is glad that I didn't because I wouldn't want that to get out because somehow it would turn into like McGooby's is a haven for racist audience oh, members. Yeah. <laughs> it only takes one. Gosh, Literally, it good. only does, and then. Yeah. It spreads like wildfire. Is that is that the wildest show you've ever had? Was that guy coming up on stage and like like is, I mean, is that like the wildest incident you've probably ever had? On it stage? is the wild. I think just from because uh, it was the literally the first show back from COVID. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was also like <laughs> I there, I can't remember which police shooting incident there was people were upset about because yeah. that happens a lot but it was right in the middle of that maybe it was George Floyd oh. it doesn't matter but the point is there was this racial tension in the air and some of my jokes can be a little you know hey that's funny but now you're a white guy can you really say that unbeknownst to me it was be the white guy that would get mad <laughs> Unrelated to any race joke, and then call me the N word as he comes that was on stage. The best part. Yes. I was in the audience that night, and mm-hmm. I was there to support Rob. Thank you. And I, was I mean, not when so I was going to get attacked. You no, were on stage no. And support I mean, me. I was a little bit disappointed you weren't ready to fight, but uh, <laughs> but no. Here's here's the deal. No, so yeah, we're I'm sitting it, in the audience. Ashley, as soon as she that guy called you, the I N-word, called you immediately. He goes, Black Lives Matter, pal. And <laughs> no, yeah. no. What I was going to say is you were talking. And then got booked the headline. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, what I said, the best part is, no, you were right. There was something going on. There had been a recent shooting. But to top it all off, the day you performed was Juneteenth. Oh, yes. It, mm. it, was, it was phenomenal. And then to watch Larry Lancaster get up there and carry him off was just uh, chef's kiss, you. as Eric yes. says. Yes, he's saying the N-word as a black man, Larry, or the headliner, was, you know, 
<laughs> By the way, very uh, expertly and just taking yeah. him off, mm-hmm. firm but just not aggressive. So that it it, it was he was he very well done. He, yeah. he the balance the line between he had a right to like well, choke him out. Well, Larry he used to be a uh, mm-hmm. used to be yeah. a Jessup guard, didn't he? Yeah, didn't for like twelve to, years. Yeah, he knew what wild. he was doing. Yeah. yeah, he was just like I've seen these Aryan fellas yeah. before. Let me just tell you, <laughs> you you draw a little swastika. I have this knitted swastika I give in these situations. <laughs> really and, calms him down. <laughs> and of all the times to to want a crowd member or somebody to help you, this was the worst time because we're we're in this pandemic. It's the yeah. least likely time in the history of comedy clubs mm-hmm. where someone would want to get in the middle of two people fighting. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Like, you know, strangers. You know, yeah. you're featuring for Dave Chappelle. He's not going to come up and stop that guy from beating you up. No, there's 100. He's going to let me get my ass kicked and then do an hour on it and just and get applause breaks <laughs> well, every five seconds. Truly, the minute I knew that Rob was safe, I was like, okay, Rob is out of harm's way. I immediately <laughs> it was three weeks later. I immediately, I immediately left the club and called. Everybody, <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you're not here for this. Uh, I, no, you were great. I think, oh, thank I think in Gooby's defense, we should just say it happened at Sully's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it happened at Sully's Comedy Shack Where Tavern. Comedy yeah. lives. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've never had an altercation on stage before. Nobody's ever tried to accost me. It's also because I'm a giant man. That's right? true. Like, so it's kind of, you have to be a special ilk of person that I have to anger, right? You're also a to, nicer comedian. Yeah, like, I am a nice person. I tend too. to sometimes needle. I have. I, there was a time I was scared I was going to get beat up, mm-hmm. and uh, the, it, it's it was probably back in like 2011 or 2012. I'm still like three or four years into the game of comedy. Is that when and, you were uh, saying the M word a lot on stage? Uh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you mention that because I'm at the Midgets? Baltimore Comedy Factory, and I used to have this bit, and, and occasionally I'll do it if like a white celebrity comes out and says the N word. I have a bit about white people getting caught saying the N word, right? right? So I, it all ends after whoever I go through the list. It's Kramer. It's this person. It's that person, mm-hmm. and I say, listen. Black folks, we planned this. Uh, we send one sacrificial white, white guy up just to say the N word in public, just to see if it's cool yet, which is usually a really <laughs> funny joke, right? right? But this was the late show at the Baltimore Comedy oh, Factory, and I was uh, I was hosting for Jay Phillips. I did that joke, and it's deadpan silence. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not. I'm telling you, not one person is laughing. And not, there's not this, even Mickey's brother didn't applaud. Not, not even one <laughs> oh, man. person. That's awkward. And then I was just like, I go, I, I drop the punchline. I go, hey, just to see if it's cool yet. I don't ever say the word during the bit. I say just to see if it's cool yet. And then, and then they go, it's just crickets. And I hear, I hear this one table just go. It's never cool. No! <laughs> and I just go, okay. Anyway, you ready for your feature act of the night? And I just right. go like this. And uh, he comes up, and then uh, the first thing he says, you're like, I'm really happy that white boy didn't say the N word. Oh <laughs> it was a, it was very, and I did not want to go back out to take the headline. But around, the point so. of your joke is basically saying that it's not even exactly. It's never that cool. Is, that That's is the point. Sort of of it shows right. you how well the audience actually yeah. listens to anything we say. Yeah. Well, the, the point is, is yeah. that I did what four shows that weekend. The three three out of the four shows loved that joke yeah. and it crushed. And then I did the late show. It's never cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I was this close to getting pitchforks that. 
tonight. So, yeah, it is what it is. Oh, well. Uh, for Comedy Factory, if they get three out of four, three out of four audiences get a joke, that's pretty good. That is good. That is good. My my biggest payoff would ever to be seeing uh, Brad Williams. And, Here we go. And and, and, and of go. course, Brad Williams has been picketed by midgets for him using the word midget. Picketed. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Literally. And there's right. there's a joke in there which I won't mention. But well, I hate to I say, I don't know which I would love more. Just seeing Brad P- Williams live or seeing picket midgets picketing, it both is just an equal payoff. I agree it's with like, that. Well, you know how you fix that? You just put up a picket fence and they can't get over it at the yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's tear this down and make signs out of it, boys. <laughs> That'll show them. My, yeah. my, my, I've, I've surpassed uh, 900 uh, people on my, my Facebook page. Midgets are awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah! I, I, got a, I got another midget this week, and he's from <laughs> India. And man, he is a good-looking midget. I got another one. Like he got it off Amazon or something. Yeah. I mean, no, I even had I even had one who befriended me. They're like Pokemon to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's evolving them into full-grown people. He thinks put, that's how they work. If I could put them in a little silver ball in my pocket <laughs> and well, throw them at people whenever I felt like. Well, it. I'm very short, and guys that are into that, they call me Volvasaur. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are into short girls. I never heard of such a thing. <laughs> oh gracious! No, but seriously, he is almost like the the M Night Shyamalan of midgets. Shyamalan, Shyamalan, I love that Kevin Bacon movie, Shyamalan. <laughs> you know the M stands for midget and M yeah. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Sam, is he the six midget inch sense? Yeah, yeah, it's his full name. <laughs> actually, that's the only 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 Indian person I can actually name. So. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved his film, The Avatar. <laughs> and the older, the older guy from Life of Pi just died. So, you know. Oh God, Jesus! Oh man. So, uh, are we ready to get into the tonight's movie gang? Yes. I know we got a lot to go through because tonight we are going over the 1989. I'll say classic. Yes. The Burbs, which, uh, gosh, I'd never watched this movie until this week. I'll be honest. I can't believe that. For show prep. I've never watched it. I saw it in the theaters. Oh, man. What was it like seeing The Burbs up close and personal? Was it better or worse than Joe versus the Volcano? Uh, It was an amazing experience. Uh, I believe I saw it with my mother. Oh, very lovely. I love that. A bonding experience as we. You know, talked about suburban life and what that was going to be like. Well, this is like the last movie that Tom Hanks did where you got to see him uh, take a role that he maybe didn't want to take. I say that because this movie came out, he had already filmed Big, and then when Big came out, he was filming this, and he was nominated for an Academy Award for Big. Yeah. So this is the last time Tom Hanks ever took a movie that maybe he didn't want to do. But I have to and tell you... I do like that. To me, uh-huh. this is... My, I, I love Tom Hanks, but this is my favorite Tom Hanks movie. This is my favorite movie of all time. I can quote this Hello. movie backwards and forwards. Oh, I've, really? I wow. When I was younger, Strong. my dad shared this with me, and I loved the movie. I probably watched this movie every weekend for like five years as a kid. Okay. I, Rob, I, I you- love the movie as well. It's crazy that a movie, this could be somehow the Burbs 
is Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher's best movie, but Corey Feldman's like fifth best movie. I mean, how is that even possible? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Corey so Feldman. It's not a good Corey. Hey, Feldman it's no. Movie. It's no yeah. Lost Boys. It's not. But he's such a great character for me. He's a great character. There is not a bad character for me in this movie. It's a great ensemble cast. Yeah. Right. I used to love Rick Dukeman as a stand-up from this movie. Mm. He had a stand-up special. It was oh. great. And then he just dropped off the face of the earth. Mm. Interesting. Who's Rob Dukeman? He's Rick the guy. Dukeman. He's, Rick Dukeman. Oh, Dukeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, we'll Pokemon. get to him sh- sh- uh, soon enough. One of the neighbors. Enough. Now, this is the third. I remember him from Groundhog Day. This... Yes. Hey, nice putting that train there, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's there where I go. know him most from. Yeah. So but the... you're right, Eric. This is probably his last movie before he was an A-list superstar. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. After this, this is the last thing he did that he maybe did for work and not because he wanted to do it. Sure. You know right. Sure. I mean? Yes. I, so... hate, I hate to say I completely mixed him up with The Amazing John. Yes, the amazing Jonathan. Very oh, similar. Kind of I thought he's the same yeah. fucking They person. snort the exact same amount of yep. Windex, though. So that makes <laughs> it's sense. It's only because they're both fat. Yeah. Yeah, so, fat people all look the same. So, uh, Rob, can I ask you the big question? You know the director? Yes, I do. Uh, do I know him personally? No, of this, this movie. It's um, Midget Night Shyamalan. It's yes, early. Midget Night Shyamalan. <laughs> no, this That's would the be... twist that he was six years old when he directed. I don't know the director. <laughs> this would be uh, directed by Joe Dante, which this will be the third film that we've covered on Quality Time, directed by Joe Dante. The other two being Gremlins and anybody? The Howling. The Howling is the oh, second shit. one. Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't realize. So, so, so this movie has... Um, Robert one, Ricardo. It, it has. Uh, oh, one of the trash men is Dick Miller, who, is. Is, who was in The Howling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Corey Feldman was in, also uh, in Gremlins. Was in Gremlins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's at least th- two or three more actors I can't name off the top of my head that are both. Robert. Oh, oh uh, Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo is the other trash man who is yes. actually yeah. Eddie from the, the Howling. Correct. Yeah. And uh, who else am I forgetting? Um, I don't know because I didn't write this down as a fact. I just happened to go with your train of thought. By the way, I met Robert Ricardo, who's probably one of the geekiest fucking actors mm. ever since Star Trek. As really? Because he doctor. plays he plays such cool roles. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> it's crazy. But I, so I, did, Tarantino has his favorites. You're saying this, this Dante guy has his crew. Him. Yeah. But I met him, and it's cool. It's like, is that your real voice in the house? He's like. Yeah, it's me. It's me, Sharon. What do you think? He's so fucking cool. That's so wild. The range of, of his acting is fucking awesome. Aww. And the fact that he was bald in the in the howling as well. He's got this fucking J- Jim Morrison fucking wig on and shit. So. <laughs> so this movie was filmed on the Universal backlot, uh, which is where they actually, if you ever watched the show Desperate Housewives, you're very mm. familiar with this block. It's the same set. I've actually been to the set. So yeah. Wasn't his house wow. uh, the Leave it to Beaver house? Uh, so yeah, the that whole back lot is built like classic houses mm-hmm. like the the house uh, that ends up being the um that ends up being the uh the the Klopax is supposed to be like the Munsters house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one that always remains untouched throughout the years is the Walters house which is supposed to look like the Leave it to Beaver house. Yeah. So um now this one fun thing though about filming on the Universal backlot is that while they were filming this movie, they could actually hear screams that would say "Help, help!" all the time, and that's because they had just built built the Jaws ride at Universal yes. Studios. Nice. So, <laughs> yes. so they're actually just hearing people screaming, going, "Oh God, it's Jaws again!" So, which know, is a terrifying ride. So you know what's crazy? So I was at at the studio. I was in the back lot, and we heard it too that the ride was going on. We were there, unbeknownst to us, during an earthquake. We thought it was one of the rides. We leave the studio, and there's there's 
destruction everywhere. People are telling us to run. Children are on yeah. fire. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Judge Judy's the whole White set Sox collapsed. are winning the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. We just thought it was part of one of the rides when the ground was shaking beneath our feet. We just ignored it and kept working. <laughs> Did you go on a Burbs-specific tour or just a no. tour of this, this lot? No, that was back when I was more successful and less fat. So... <laughs> So, you can how can be more successful than this? this I know this film was uh, <laughs> this film was actually shot in sequence, meaning that they don't film it. You know, they filmed it like how you see the movie. Generally, really and, great directors and, will film like the parts that they need to film, and and, and, it, and in real time, just like Highlander. Yes, just in real time, <laughs> like Highlander. Well, the show twenty four. And uh, but it was filmed during the writers' strike of nineteen eighty eight. Now, uh, although Dana Olson, the writer, appeared in the film, he was prohibited prohibited from contributing anything to the script while on set. For this reason, Joe Dante's encouraged the uh, actors to improvise these scenes. So there's a lot of great improvised so scenes, good. especially by uh, uh, Rick uh, uh, Ducumin. 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 He, mm-hmm. he improvised a lot of this. That scene, you know, where near the end where Tom Hanks like throws himself into the ambulance, yes. that was a yes. totally improvised it's such line. such a good scene. And thing. Take me to the hospital. Yeah. Just- <laughs> so. That's not good for writers, by the no. way. That didn't help their strike. Hey, by the way, it just shows, like, let actors do things and then capture what happens, and that's kind of a beautiful thing. So shut up, writers. We don't even need you. (laughs) Get out of our face. It is such a quotable movie. I know we're going to get into all of it, but, man, I I can't think of a more, for me personally, more quotable... I, there are so many solid lines in this movies and so many memorable scenes that like just stick with me for my whole life that I just think are absolutely perfect. Can we talk about the most important part of the film? Yeah, absolutely. No, can we can't we, talk can about we, that. Can we talk about Let's, it in song? Oh, you wanted to talk. You wanted to hear a little bit about about Carrie Fisher. I want to hear the who, song five times in a row, all the way through. I, I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of Jeremy's song that he wrote for the great Carrie Fisher, who plays. Uh, uh, who plays Carol Peterson, obviously, uh, Tom Hanks' wife in this film. I'll laugh if you only play five seconds. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, I like it. That's good. Next thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was a great song, Jeremy. <laughs> Best oh, one 10 yet. 10 out of 10. Love Aww. the lyrics. Now, with your our Patreon, if you pay $100, you can You should do a Patreon where if you pay, you you hear the episode with Jeremy edited out the entire (laughs) episode. Oh my God, that is the Jeremy (laughs) free episode. Oh, look, look, the first on our Patreon is Robbie. Robbie, Robbie. (laughs) Damn. All right, Jeremy, I'm just going to. Best episode ever. I'm Robbie Robinson. I will put this at the end of the episode, uh, but for right now, uh, I'm going to play just a random spot in the song. I don't know where it's going to show up. I like this. Whatever you get is what you get, Ooh. and we will play 30 seconds, and here we go. Jit and cut off her clothes <laughs> like Carrie Fisher did in Under the Rainbow I want to be yeah, a 900 pound slug and make her my slave and yank on her chain to me yeah Carrie Fisher Okay, so the, after the end of the episode, you can hear this in its entirety, Hell in yeah. its full ballad I, form. I wish I was Jabba the Hutt, but that's going to take at least a couple hundred more pounds. <laughs> yeah, I believe wow. in you, Jeremy. Yeah, you got it. I've never, you. There, there hasn't been a lot. When you set a goal, Jeremy, I know most of the time you don't meet it. But that one, 
once, I think you got keep it. doing what you're doing. Once, You'll get there. <laughs> once I reach my half-ton goal in life, uh, sorry that Carrie Fisher is dead. I'm going to have to settle for Stevie Nicks. <laughs> Wait, I was going to say, Jeremy, when has someone being dead ever stopped you before? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't talk about the cops. So, uh, <laughs> one other fun fact about this film is uh, Corey Feldman is obviously one of the characters in it. At the time mm. when this was filmed, he was dear friends with Michael Jackson. Mm. Now, while Michael... <laughs> hey, this is Fresh true. from the raping. <laughs> so, Michael Jackson, while he was never on set, he actually sent his monkey Bubbles <laughs> to be on set at, at this, and Bubbles was basically would stay in Corey Feldman's trailer until Joe Dante made banned the monkey from the set because they came back to Corey Feldman's trailer and it was completely smeared with uh, primate feces everywhere it. in there. And they said, "No, we can't. We can't. We just can't do this anymore." That should be like an NBC sitcom, like Young Bubbles, just the following uh, Michael Jackson's monkey around, like God. the stories. The that, things that he saw. That monkey's like led a life. The worst part is that when he sent him, he didn't. You didn't have the monkey handler, otherwise known as Tito. So. <laughs> Corey Feldman had a really, really good run. I mean, he had like back then Stand by Me and Lost mm-hmm. Boys, Gremlins. He's hanging out with my, the most famous person in the world at the time. Well, I mean, he even did even younger. He had done one of the Friday the Thirteenth yeah, movies, the 13th. which is one of his yeah. big, yeah. He was. He played well, uh, 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 Tommy Jarvis yeah, in part he did. four. I believe it's yeah. part four. He did uh, Time After Time with uh, Malcolm McDowell when he was only like four or five years Damn. old. But also, um, did you ever see a softcore porno that he did with Corey Haim? Oh, I, no. I did not see that. It, somehow I missed that. Fucking hot. Oh, oh. my <laughs> gosh. Oh. There's a scene with with Corey Haim doing a chick, and you're like, wow, that's that's some pretty good softcore porn. Yeah, the but best- hey, <laughs> License to Drive 2 needed that. Yes, to, to revive the, the franchise. The best part of Jeremy telling that story is Eric didn't blink once, and he just quietly was looking at you like, this is I'm my listening. brother. <laughs> I mean, that is a movie to watch on some good heroin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the cast is uh, is rounded out by uh, uh, Lieutenant Rumsfeld, who's played by Bruce Dern. I know him most well from the uh, the show Big Love, where he plays uh, Bruce, Bruce yeah. Can- uh, uh, Bill Paxton's dad hate, in the show. Hateful Eight. He is great in The Hateful Eight, yes, don't get me is. wrong. Yeah, he is. He, well, he's kind of had a resurgence where he kind of, I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, I had really only ever seen him in the Burbs. Like, just I'm just saying from my That's age. That's all you know, Brewster. Well, no, 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 but so listen. So, Get out. You're so young. <laughs> I am young. It's still tight. You so haven't look. seen Citizen. <laughs> you haven't seen Birth of a Nation. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Boys. No, but so look, I, I know he's also Laura Dern's father, which again, for my age group, Laura was in Jurassic Park. That was a big deal. Who's but- that old bitch? <laughs> I think Laura's hot. Anyways, so look, I mean, he's kind of had a resurgence because then he did that movie like Nebraska. Like you said, he did The Hateful Eight. So like he's kind of come back in his old age to do a lot more films, but he is probably my favorite character of this movie. Yeah, he is great in it. He, great I, listen, you yeah, the best thing about be, about Bruce Dern, he gives you the Dern. Yeah. When you ask for the Dern, he gives it to you. I like <laughs> Feel the Dern. I like Bruce Dern because in this movie, like his character, who's uh, Lieutenant Rumsfeld, is... Uh, a hundred percent a guy who would have been in the Capitol building after the election. Yes. And like it would have been that guy. He was yes. a, a full QAnon supporter. He hates his dog. <laughs> 
He hates the dog across the street because he steps in poo. And this is an interesting fact. Uh, the Walter's dog is Queenie in the movie. Yes. But it's also a famous dog for another reason. This dog, Queenie, also played Precious in Silence Precious. of the Lambs. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. Same that dog. makes sense. Look at that. Well, can I just say that line? I am gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So whenever he steps in the dog shit and he's pissed... And he's like, if that dog takes one more shit on my lawn, I'm going to staple his ass shut. When we moved to Hagerstown, the day we moved in, someone's dog started shitting in our lawn and they walked by. <laughs> so I picked up their dog shit. I was like 13. I walk up to their door and I say that exact line and I throw the shit at them. And then we had to move again. But it was All totally right. worth it. Hell yeah. It was totally fucking worth I it. I get it. Thank you to the burbs. <laughs> so, by, by the way, silent running is a must see. Silent Running? Okay. Yeah. Cool so, Runnings. Is that a Bruce Stern movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're going to teach us how to bobsled. Yeah, I'm going to teach you. Yeah. Sanka, Sanka pulls out the egg. Sanka pulls out the egg and he goes, have you had that in your shorts all day? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, obviously, the whole premise of the movie is uh, uh, Tom Hanks is on vacation and he decides to stay home. He just wants to relax. A staycation. But, uh, for A some reason, vacation. he can no longer ignore the Adams Family house that he lives right next door mm-hmm. to that is clearly bringing down the property value on this universal lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they they theorize what is wrong with the Clopex that live next door. Luckily, his son sheds a little bit of light on this. The naps were semi-normal. They worked in their yard. They mowed their lawn. They had a lawn to mow. There's Clopex. We don't even know how many of them there are. There are three of them. They only come out at night. Ricky Butler says that they're nocturnal feeders. Oh, Ricky Butler says. Last week, when I was up on the roof with my telescope, I saw them in their backyard. What were they doing, honey? Digging. Kind of like grave diggers? Maybe. <laughs> All right, that's enough. It's a family of monster trucks. Uh, I, you know what? I take it back. Art is probably my favorite character. Dude, Art, Art, Art is, is strong in this yeah. movie. He's so I like it because this movie plays with the idea that maybe the next door neighbors are not the creepy ones. Maybe it's just regular suburban people who oh, theorize so what their neighbors are doing constantly. Can, can I say, Eric, that you are so close to Rick Dukeman? Dukeman? that you need to fucking fill that fucking acting hole and fuck that guy from Mike and Molly. All right, yeah, I'll do Fuck Mike and Molly. By the way, anybody who's a casting director that's listening to the Quality Time podcast right now, hire <laughs> me for any role that you thought Rick Dukeman was going to be great for. should go by Dick Rukeman. <laughs> so here's, here's... He does have my body type, though, yes. which is like fat, dumpy. Like, uh, oh, he, yeah. has a, he has a nice face, but he looks like a pear underneath. You're like, you're you know like an I mean? overfilled pillow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no, here's, here's the deal. I've... I think Eric knows this. I know you guys. I know Jeremy and um, Rob don't know this. But I have actually been working on Burbs the Musical for about four years. And Eric would be perfect for art. Because Eric can sing. He can play the guitar. He'd be he'd be great. It's Whenever I finish, right. it's happening. Okay. Have you cast this. anybody else in this thing that'll never happen? Uh, oh, how <laughs> dare you? No, I did talk to... I did mention it to John Mulaney because he's also a huge fan of this movie. And I was like, look, you just did the kids musical on Netflix throw me some cash he has not opened Look, that email getting Tom Hanks but... is going to cost several hundreds of dollars <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> several you know hundreds. who will ca- you know what you know who will cast in the Tom Hanks role 
Christmas Eve. <laughs> Chet Hanks. Yeah, let's get Chet Hanks. <laughs> it's about to be a white boy summer, y'all. Hell yeah. <laughs> but I do love the idea that everyone kind of feels like they have that neighbor that's up to no good. Yes. Yeah, yeah everybody taps into that. Hey, I had yeah. that neighbor here. I'll tell you I'll tell you my neighbor who lives in this very neighborhood where we're recording from the dank basement of the Woodworth <laughs> mm-hmm. compound. Uh, he's so a dank. Hey, there's this guy, if you, as you turn out of my street, he's an Asian fellow that lives <laughs> oh, across no. the street. Oh, now listen, fuck. as far as I can tell, he is a, a, I've never seen any of those are family members. He just lives there by himself, but he's always hanging around the two blonde boys that live across the street. Oh. And we we have theorized that he's a pederast, okay? And we don't understand why these this family is letting his kids hang around with this, this weird guy around the street. Eric, that's not very fair. How do you know he's a pedophile? What if he was just trying to eat them like he does the dogs? Well, here's the thing. Fair this point. is <laughs> this is how <laughs> this is how we know because like much like the Highlander, we we recognize when another one is close. So we <laughs> it like senses it like that. <laughs> you know what I, I I feel bad because I feel like I'm shitting on Eric, but I have to tell you, when Eric and I first started working together one day, I looked at Eric and I go, You kind of look like a kid who grew up as an adult who just never stopped being malicious. Molested. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see that. And it yeah. hasn't stopped hurting. Like Eric's, Eric's a 37-year-old man, and it just looks like another older man would just come up to him and start poking him and be like, you still look like you're good to go. One of the jokes that I've tried to tell over the years has never worked about is about how it would have sucked if you were a, another pedophile in Michael Jackson's neighborhood. Like, <laughs> To compete with that, you're it's the, like you're the RC Cola of right. Pedophilia. I mean, this guy has giraffes in an amusement oh, park, man. and Macaulay Culkin in his basement. You just fucking have Skittles. I mean, you, stuff to, you still have a yeah. windowless van with right. a fucking Hulk Hogan action figure on a string. That's it. Oh, is that how they got you, Eric? <laughs> yes. Last yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, that would work today. It what? works every time. It, it's it's like trying to entice the kids with a twenty six hundred when the other pedophile has like a Nintendo. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, one night uh, Art goes out to walk his dog. He runs into his neighbors, Art and Ricky, played by Corey Feldman. And uh, as they're walking and smoking stogies, we get to hear this little story here. Mr. Weingartner? Oh, it was a long time ago, Ricky. Hinkley Hills was a lot smaller then. Safer, too. You never had to lock your doors. Everybody knew everybody. I must have been maybe, oh, nine, ten years old. You know where the big mall is? Yeah. Well, there used to be a big drugstore down on the corner there. It had, it had a big soda fountain in it. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, the guy who ran it was a, was a rotund guy. He had glasses. His name was uh, Skip. Lived over in Elm, had a wife, a couple kids, you know, not too sharp. I mean, hey, the guy's 40 years old. He's wearing a paper hat, and he's making cherry Cokes. It's a <laughs> sin she's not running for governor, right? <laughs> anyway... It got hot that summer. I remember it got real hot. It was sweltering. You know that heat where your underwear sweats and it crawls up the... Anyway, it's hot, okay? And they start they start smelling this this really vile stench over on Elm, and, and they figure it's coming from Skip's place. And no one wants to say anything. I mean, what do you do? Go knock on a guy's door? Hi, your house stinks? Only thing, <laughs> Skip didn't count on there being a big heat wave that summer. You know what that was that all those people were smelling over on Elm, Ricky? What? Skip's family's bodies decomposing in the summer heat. Yeah, apparently one day Skip just made one too many lemon phosphates. I'll snap. Ah! Oh! 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 
Oh, nothing like a scary story to get everything uh, riled up. So it's a good, is, good story. Art is, hey, by the way, Art is a good neighbor to have. Right? Yeah, like, how best. how interesting is it to just go outside? I'm, I walk the dog and walk away with this story. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, no, you. That's the other thing is I. I want to live in that neighborhood. I kind of... Yeah. Because these are people that would never be friends in normal life. Correct. Oh, 100%. But, yeah. but when you bring them together, it, it sort of fits. Well, but I mean, that feels like stand-up comedy, though. I feel like I have those types of stories when I hang mm-hmm. out with you, Eric, mm-hmm. Justin, Tommy. Like, I go there just to, like, hang out one night, and then somebody's like, I killed somebody once. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to stay. What's up? So. And the funny part on. is, <laughs> yeah. in real life, though, uh, apparently when they were filming this, uh, uh, Art, who you know, r- who's played by uh, Rick Ducumin, uh he, <laughs> I don't know, close Ducum, enough. Ducum, hon. Ducum. David Ducumny. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Tom Hanks did not like him in real life, but it was such a, a vehement professional that he, mm. he acted really well with it, which is why when there's moments of conflict, it, they seem very real in, in those moments because he really did not actually like him at I all. I could see that. Sad. I think Hanks would probably be the best actor in the world of being able to dislike someone off camera but do well on camera. Yeah, I could see that. because, But it's weird because... Tom Hanks plays such a down-to-earth guy, and, and Rick seems like a down-to-earth guy. Yes. So him not liking him makes me think he's not down-to-earth because I expect him to hate like a, a, a Tom Cruise, right? Like, if he meets mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, he's like, man, fuck this guy, which would make me like Tom Hanks. But then he raises a son who is basically exactly like Rick. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's a, hilarious. It just L- doesn't... Lieutenant yeah. Dan, I hate you. <laughs> Maybe Rick is the real father. Have we thought yeah. about that? Maybe oh, we don't know. Oh shit! Well, a couple nights later, they go and they're snooping around the neighbor's house when they hear this giant electric hum coming from the basement, and the fucking basement lights turn fucking <laughs> pure white as it shoots light out into the streets. Something's up. And uh, I, I listen. That's a weird thing. You can't not notice. My, right. So. My favorite line from that though is when he's like, I think it's uh, Bruce Dern's character when he's like, smells like they're cooking a goddamn cat over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly after that, we see uh, one of the Klopex come out, and uh, this is Hans, who's played by uh, the guy from Children of the Corn, and, and in his Courtney something, right? Courtney yeah, Gaines. Yeah. Courtney yeah. Gaines, who comes out, and who also very much like a Gary Busey or a Jake Busey, you can always see his teeth. <laughs> yes. Whenever yes. You... He's got a lot of gum to teeth <laughs> ratio. By, yes. by the way, he's the really creepy, scary kid from Children of the Corn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had really cool, long, like, uh, metal hair. When I yeah. met him, I was like, dude, you were into metal back, like, in, like, you know, Children of the Corn Days. No, dude, I was, like, into Pink Floyd and shit. I was Aww. still, so like, you know, <laughs> rock and pussy. roll loser. But he comes out and he drives the uh, the that. That isn't Lincoln how he up. sounded, by the way. It's just my own interpretation of the way he talks. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm Courtney Gaines. Hey, it's me, Courtney Gaines. <laughs> and he uh, he takes a contractor sized bag and starts shoving it into the trash can, and it just makes these fucking horrible meat <laughs> sounds as he's trying to shove it in, and just like, <laughs> and. Mm. Uh, 
they explained that like that's got to be a fucking dead body in there. It has but, to be. But rainfall comes and they have to wait till the morning to go check it out. So when they go check it in the morning, though, the trash collectors. Uh, we have great cameo bits by Dick Miller and Robert Picardo, who Jeremy mentioned earlier. It's my also, favorite uh, Star Trek character, uh, John Luke Picardo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> so Art intercepts it and uh, starts taking everything but it can't find any body parts they all start digging through the trash but they find nothing so art goes and explains it away they were digging digging like great diggers yeah, I, I told you they're ghouls no no i didn't say that i didn't say they were great they could have been digging for anything they could have been digging for uh you know like night crawlers night crawlers yeah yeah they're fishermen <laughs> fishermen oh, oh wait wake up smell the coffee what happened is a kid spotted us last night when we were sleeping. He, he got up, he went to the garbage can, he took the body, and, and then he, he buried him in the backyard. Whoa. Let's get out of here. I like this. I hate cul-de-sacs. There's only one way out, and the people kind of weird. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm Dick Miller. I'm going to go drink as soon as this shot my, is over. My favorite part of that scene is when they're digging through the garbage can, or I'm sorry, through the through the garbage truck, just throwing trash everywhere. And Dick Miller's like, who's going to clean up this mess? And then Bruce Stern goes, who's going to clean up this mess? Well, you are, because yeah. you are the garbage man. That's true. <laughs> it's like, what a dick. <laughs> He's such an asshole character. By the way, Dick Miller plays the uh, gun shop owner in the uh, the movie The Terminator. Way to spoil it. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's funny. The first time I bought a gun, it was great <laughs> because I went to the gun shop and I started quoting the Terminator. He's like, do you have the, the Uzi 9mm? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, do you have the phase plasma rifle? And he's like, hey, that's a funny joke. It's the first time I heard that today. <laughs> at the gun shop. Yeah. I never thought of that, that the gun shop employees, because you know like a waitress or a server will get... The same jokes. And then I can get yeah. you. How about a free drink? <laughs> yeah. But, do you but what is the gunshot? Is that a? Do you think that's the go-to? People were quoting movies. Uh, maybe twenty years ago. Okay. When I you, bought my first gun. Do you follow Scott C's on uh, Instagram? I just saw you um uh, uh face or uh, Instagrammed he's, about him, and I like him. I worked with him a few years ago, but no, I don't. But I should. He has a great. He has a great uh, TikTok and Instagram where he plays an IKEA guy and. Mm. Uh, he just does like it's like how an employee really thinks at, at one of these things. And I they like, were like it. And one of them was just like he was just like huh, didn't scan. Guess it's free. He was just like, huh, and I guess you're funny. Do you think this is a fucking joke right now? I hate it. I'm gonna I'm right. gonna put in the barcode and I'm gonna charge you twice. You think you want to fucking do this? And he just <laughs> well, he does this all the time. Well, two things. So one, I used to work. Uh, retail for most of my life. I used to work at like a women's clothing store and then I used to work for Regal Cinemas and I, I would hate that shit all the time. I used to have, I'd be like, oh, can I get you anything else? And he'd be like, did, <laughs> did you ever build a standee? Oh God, I fucking hate that too. <laughs> but, but, but no, with the people, the people were the worst. They'd be like, I'd be like, oh, sir, can I get you anything else? And he'd be like, <laughs> the winning lottery ticket. <laughs> and I would always look him dead oh in the God. eyes and be like, sir, hey. if I had it, I wouldn't be stuck here talking to you. Hey, do you yeah, please show your work on that joke. Explain yeah, it. How, how would this work, actually? Hey, do you guys sell new knees? Because I just slapped this one all the way off my body. <laughs> no, the other thing, though, what, what Jeremy brought up, I, too, like to go into gun stores, but I like to be like, hmm. 
I'm looking for something, but I don't know what I need. What do you buy for someone who has a grudge and is mentally unstable? <laughs> <laughs> point, point me to your nearest assault rifle. Why? Why do you want a gun when a knife can make so much more pain? That's why I have a. That's why I have a knife. It's a much more, much more enjoyable uh, tool. By is that the, the slogan at the knife store? <laughs> the assault knife store. By the way, on Call of Duty, I got there. Killed. We go. I, I, I got killed by somebody who chased me in a car with a knife, and their name of their character was Knives to Meet Ya. Oh, that's oh, a good one. That nice. is pretty solid. I do kind of like that, actually. I've been playing for a year, and I still suck. Yeah, oh. I'm on so, their side. So since they uh, they can't find the body that was probably buried in the backyard, since they saw that, uh, they noticed that their neighbor, Walter, is missing because now they they can't find Walter. They don't know where he is. Mm. He, leaves, he lives in the Leave it to Beaver house. And he's an older gentleman. And he's an older gentleman who has the dog, Precious, who's probably uh, uh, starving a woman of larger ilk, so she he can wear he, as a skin. He's suit. also wearing a herpes. Yes, and uh, now that uh, everything's getting live, you know, Art's uh, uh, mind is going crazy. He's thinking they're Satanists. They're uh, and he's just, you know, he's the town nuisance at this point. But as that's all going down. Uh, Tom Hanks, our sweet Ray Peterson, has a little dream sequence where he's walking through his house, Ow. and as he's doing it, oh, God, a chainsaw comes mm. in, and then next thing you know, he walks downstairs, and this this dream sequence is wild because he's he's strewn he he he's he's quartered on a giant barbecue which is the scary it would suck to get barbecued mm. alive and uh we hear some of this here whatever you do don't let them do to you what they did to me Ooh. i bet that hurts huh <laughs> <laughs> I think Art comes out as the as the former owner of the house. No, you got that all wrong. Yeah, Skip was the former owner before the Clopex yeah. no. that killed everybody. No, 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 no. Skip no. was the, uh, the he's just, ice cream. Right, because okay. it's not the same owner. When he told that story, he's talking about weird stuff that happens in small towns. Okay, and what he's talking it. about is that Skip killed his family years ago in, in the same town, or a town over. Right. But just the idea that stuff happens in small towns. But we kind of skipped over, Eric, one of my favorite parts. Oh, what's your favorite part? Is before part? we sorry. get into the dream sequence, it's because he has the dream because of the fact that he's in the basement with Art and they're reading through the book of like Succubus and Incubus. Yeah. And, and he's trying to tune Art out and he closes he closes his ears and he's like, I'm not going to listen to this. And uh, then Art starts chanting, Satan is good. Satan yes. is our pal. And the Yo, reason I have, a, I have a little bit of that. I do. Make some kind of satanic pate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good word. Satanic pate. Hey, Unconscious chanting. Chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. So the reason that's so funny to me is, again, my dad and I are obsessed with this movie, and we used to be and with Satan. And well, clearly, who I am today. May he reign. Are you also into clogging? Oh. What is clogging? Uh, oh, oh! I thought you meant that's when I come to Eric's house and I take a huge duke and I just clog up the toilet. 
<laughs> While masturbating. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why he left the table, Eric's like, I'm so horny, I gotta go take care of this in my new bathroom. It'll be back in twenty seconds. But no, but the reason the reason that's so funny to me is like I said, my dad and I are obsessed with this movie. It's such a bonding like you said with going to, yes. with your mom. It's such a like a nice bonding parent thing. And uh my dad and I used to get in trouble at the dinner table all the time because we'd start to do grace and my dad and I would go, I want to kill everyone. <laughs> Satan is good. Satan is our pal. And my mom would just get so pissed at us. She's like, this is not the time. This is Thanksgiving. <laughs> so. And that also seems like one of those moments that we talk about the writer strike where maybe he was just riffing. But it's so, And it's so funny. It's yes. just so good. Because then if you if you hear it later, for those you know who haven't watched the movie yet, please please go and, and watch it. It's, it's such a phenomenal movie. But if you actually listen in the dream sequence when the... the the people are in masks, you know, all surrounding the grill in his dream. They're actually all chanting, I want to kill everyone. Yes. <laughs> so, so great. It's just, uh, I, for me, the reason when I was working on the musical is uh, personally just the way they have it set up. That's such a great scene for a musical to do a number. I'm just saying. It's a catchy little ditty for sure. It's, I, I know it's great. The, I know the difference between Incubus and a Succubus. Because, like, <laughs> in- Incubus means, like, they're in in the demon world and they're, like, really cool. And Succubus means that they suck and they're not really that cool. Well, no, an Incubus is a male demon, so a female demon... So you say... A, fe- <laughs> a female demon is a succubus because I'll suck you off in the back of your tour bus. Oh. We've gone off the rails here, Yes, Eric. we have yeah. gone yes. off the we rails. Were, we were killing time till you came I'm, back. I'm going to stick with my original theory. No, let's hear, let's hear Jeremy out. Okay. <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> You so, know, you know, like you're, you're being, I was you're, you're being, you're, <laughs> you're like in a poltergeist house, and like something like falls off the table. Like this demon sucks. Oh, that's true. That's fair. Who I'm do you think most it. wanted there to these Klopaks to be up to no good? I've, it's between Art and the uh, Bruce Stern character. Obviously, no, I agree. I think Bruce Stern for sure. I disagree. I think Art because Art is bored. And I think yes. he, he needs something to do. Though, though that's a great point, though, about Bruce Dern's character. He's he's looking for a commie, and that's what he's hoping. They're up to commie, no good. Well, I yeah. look at Bruce Dern because Bruce Dern is the one who has the high-powered rifle that's going to waste. You understand? Exactly. Like, that's the guy who wants to go sure. use his heavy artillery. God, I know we can't bring it up yet, but him at the end of the movie... Whenever he's got somebody in a headlock in the yes. line, that, that is just such a good. Yeah, you're right. He he does gonna have a, a niche trigger finger, so that's fair. So he's uh uh Tom uh, Tom Hanks's character Ray is able to wake up just as he's getting stabbed by Brother Theodore, yeah. uh, and he wakes up in in a panic. Uh, the next day, uh, Rumsfeld and Art slide a note under the door to the Clopex and then ring the doorbell that says, "I know what you did." And- but no, 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 do they not do that? No, you're misunderstanding. So no, sorry, this just know this movie so well. No, that does happen. But what Ray slips under the door is he words it poorly, and he goes, he starts to keep rewriting, it and he finally writes, "Walt, I have your dog." <laughs> and then he slides it under the door, which later comes back to bite him. Well, that's, that's what, no, that's what Ray does. Ray oh, does at Walter's house, but correct. that's not what that's not what Art and uh, Lieutenant um, but they don't, Rumsfeld do. But they don't know that. That isn't. I don't. If I'm not mistaken, they don't find that out till later. Really? Because it's at two different times that Ray slips it under the door, not knowing they did it. So then Art 
comes to Ray and goes, hey, guess what we did? We stirred up the neighbors. And Ray's yeah. like, oh, did you? Fuck! Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, as he as that information is uh, 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 is is displayed for ray he uh they they see his dog go and they see the dog dig up the femur bone and they look yeah. at it and... mm. ray this is walter no! <laughs> which, is, which is such a greatly filmed scene just the mm. in and out of the, of the yes. camera oh my god it's a human thigh bone ray <laughs> do you think this is like the whole uh inspiration for silence of the lambs i think that yes, is. I do. yes i think we were all on the same point you didn't even need to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's a prequel so carol has a plan why not just knock on the front door of our next door neighbors the clopex they're probably very nice people tell me so his name walter they go over there and they she do has the, the classic that's what the the good suburban housewife would exactly do. We, mm-hmm. we're gonna go bring them brownies but as they bring them up rumsfeld actually crashes through the front porch <laughs> and, and drops the brownies face down uh hans is uh comes to the door he's a little scared of rumsfeld because he's a scary guy right yeah, yeah. And maybe we're just thinking this is all a case of uh misplaced uh, aggression <laughs> mm-hmm. and fears but i i love when he drops the brownies though and he picks them up and he opens the door and you see that he's picked him up off the ground and he goes oh a little something for the old sweet tooth yes i love that part yes <laughs> so, <The> old sweet <laughs> tooth <laughs> wasn't wasn't donald rumsfeld actually running the war at this point yeah yes. yeah that was yes. true well we're not getting into geopolitics here <laughs> but as that's ch- another eric podcast <laughs> All right. throw, me, throw me into the shallow waters Edie Brickell. <laughs> wow as they're talking though to uh sweet hans uh for the kid from children of the corn uh-huh. things get weird as we get to finally meet reuben who <laughs> Startle me. My uncle Ruben. Well, how do you do? You are the one who lives next door. The very powerful statement by Uncle Ruben. Now, Jeremy, you have an undying affection for this character actor. I never knew that he was such a fucking freak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I when I think of like heavy duty comedian fucking character actors like Andy Kaufman, this guy makes Andy Kaufman look like Dinah Shore. He I is swear. strong. <laughs> Dinah Shore. Now you also know that this uh, brother Theor- Theodore also did voiceovers for the cartoon of Lord of the Rings. He is enough. the original yes. Gollum. He's the original. No Gollum. way, really? Yes. I got super him. high to that. But the just, other night. <laughs> not, not the not the fellow of the ring but the the uh the Cartoon. return of the king and the hobbit here's a oh, little okay. bit of uh brother theodore from the jerry lewis show in mm. 1966 oh he's sitting in front of the desk god what a good audio bit i picked out <laughs> <laughs> Him and that squire. I don't know. Do as him and that squire. No, no, listen, no, no. <laughs> I'm, you're, I'm telling you. Is black. Yeah, what I wanted to tell you, I had a, I had a black uh, cough drop. Oh, I drop. hope so. Cough drop. You have to cough keep drop, your voice yes. in shape. Very funny. I have to Wonderful. keep my voice in shape. Cough drop, yes. I have to keep my voice in shape. Cough drop. 
Gosh, you know, what he, more the thing I learned most from this is like, that he's like Harvey Pekar on crack. It's like every listen listen, brother Theodore walked so that Mike Turpin could run. Can, <laughs> that's, that's what I want. Can I tell you that watching watching clips like this remind me why I deserve to make less money. You're right. It's accurate. So uh while they're uh, they by the way, the audience was loving that that we yeah, were just watching. It, it was and, fucking and, crushing. Yes. That there, guy was crushing. There, there is also a cl- uh, a clip of Woody Allen talking about this guy that he had that much clout even back in the sixties. He's like, yeah, we went to go see this guy. Uh, everybody goes sees uh, uh, brother Theodore. Hey, I went out to go watch the show of brother Theodore, and later that night, I was like, I need to fucking I have to tell you this this is a waking nightmare that I have where we're like oh man Woody Allen and we're like anybody that Jeremy's recommending uh <laughs> Kaufman I'm Did like anybody yeah, see is- the latest Gay- Gacy um documentary yes. uh, no I'm I haven't looking yet. forward to it but no. yeah I haven't yet I was gonna wait till Mother's Day to watch it <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna give my my five second two cents is that uh, all I can say is from the documentary I did not know that his victims were found with their underwear in their mouths, mm. and all I can that think- does change my entire uh, viewpoints oh, on I him. Thought he was a monster, yeah, now I, know. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I leave all of my dates that way, but I- <laughs> and I can't, I hate to think that the the uh, the the detectives were like finding these bodies. Like apparently, all these victims love eating underwear. <laughs> What would your what would your uh, signature be, Jeremy? I feel like you would have something signature for your crimes that people would know. I, d- I don't know how to read or write, so I just put an X on all my checks. And okay, he literally meant si- signature. No, I <laughs> <laughs> didn't learn. I didn't learn to read in Columbia, Maryland. <laughs> I'll tell you what: if if Eric was a serial killer, all of his victims would reek of like apple pie and fruity pebbles vape smells. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Hence, I don't get good jobs. Uh, 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 no, Eric would leave a five-plated clothing T-shirt <laughs> at every cross. Stripper day. lives matter. <laughs> he only kills strippers, but he puts stripper lives matter shirts with their bodies. Yes. Please oh, spell God. stripper for me. Z I R. So, uh, as they're all inside there, um, and this is all going down, Rumsfeld actually peels off a piece of the wallpaper. I like that part. Ad, it's an ad lib part yeah. of the movie. Some beautiful things that you get. So to good. Hans brings them some sardines and pretzels as a nice little refreshment. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's such a ridiculous thing to offer people. I loved it. Sardines. I had some earlier. I had some for breakfast, obviously. It, I actually was really relieved when you brought them out because I thought it would cover the smell of my snatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ashley doesn't even hear you. Have you heard? Have you heard about the Nordic fish uh, delicacy? That it's <laughs> it's it's. It's it's not so much a delicacy as something that smells so bad that just eating it makes you want to instantly vomit. Yeah, yeah. 
there's there's like YouTube things like, can you eat a whole thing of this? No, you're gonna vomit. All right, it's like, oh, okay, this is this is a Nordic joke on people. Well, oh, you eat this fish, you're gonna vomit. <laughs> actually, that started because I make those videos on my OnlyFans. We call it Odorin. <laughs> That's your signature, uh, Jeremy. You make your victims eat that fish before you murder them. <laughs> it's 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 sprinkled with special taint um, paste. So. Oh. He's a go-getter. And, uh, <laughs> they finally uh, talk about uh, the small family that they have. Is that it, Sonny? No. Oh, please, uh, this is a small family. Me, a young boy, <laughs> and my brother, the doctor. The doctor. <laughs> well, it would be nice to have a doctor in the neighborhood. <laughs> he likes joining people together. <laughs> <laughs> we immediately get to meet the doctor and we get to meet the uh, the patriarch, if you will, uh, Dr. Clover. So what kind of doctor is this brother of yours, Rube? Why don't you ask him yourself? Immediately there is a... Uh, the doctor enters. He's small and unassuming. Uh, Werner uh, Klopek. And uh, he shakes Ray uh, down, and then uh, it appears that he has blood on his hand, but it's really just because he's been painting. But this, uh, the paint is for this wonderful painting, which is uh, this beautiful picture of, like, somebody who's getting surgery done on them as they're looking up. Now, an interesting fact about this painting that's in the movie, that painting appeared in the opening sequence of an early uh, episode of Rod Sterling's Night Gallery, 1969. So this was a... I think everybody knew that, duh. <laughs> Can't... Can... <laughs> I just love the casting of this film. You have the scariest fucking Nazi-esque <laughs> actor you can possibly find. Oh, and who's going to be with him? Oh, that's right. Henry Gibson, who's like the the Illinois Nazi from the Blues Brothers. So. <laughs> I was going to say, just remember, they're Slavic. Uh, but, Slavic. But one of, my, one of my favorite things, I don't know how you feel about this, Rob. Like about for, Slavics? No, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, no, so, so w this is also one of my dad and I's favorite scenes is when they actually, we might be going back just a little bit when they first enter the home and he's like oh pretty girl hans who is she and he goes it came with the frame yes, it came with the strong. frame yeah. so every time we bring a new picture frame into my family and i can tell no one's put a new picture in it my dad will look at me and be like it came with the frame <laughs> <laughs> just so much quotable moments i love it so as they're talking to uh uh the new dr Werner, you can hear a little bit of him here well, no, that's the last clip. Did you know that we've had to move four times in as many years? Oh, all that moving must be very hard on you, Hans. <laughs> Indeed. And tomorrow, tomorrow we must all go to the university to discuss yet another transfer. Oh, gosh. No. And we're just getting to know you. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> Isn't that a shame, honey? It is such a shame. a shame. Now, as that's happening, Ray spills coffee on his own crotch and has to run out of the room. He goes to the bathroom, but actually releases a giant dog. <laughs> who, <laughs> Ashley, I defer to you. What dog Ooh. is this? <laughs> Fuck you. It is a Great Dane. Oh, is it a Great Dane? It I'm is a Great sure. Dane. It looks like a Doberman. Fuck Dover you. <laughs> 
Fuck you. Oh, Rob, last week <laughs> there was a, an argument of what kind of dog was, was in on the last this, movie. And I, I just want you to know, she worked at a shelter, but I was I was correct. I didn't work at a shelter. I was a dog trainer. Okay, okay. Well, listen. It's Which is chi- more embarrassing. Chiropractor, but- doctor, whatever you want to call yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know. You can't tell dogs. They're all the same to you. You're like colorblind. You're dog blind. God, Eric's, Eric's side swiped me. Fuck that. What I wanted to say, if what I wanted to say when he talked about how many times they had to move, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you a doctor or a priest? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to defer to Wilford Brimley to answer this question. That's not dog. Yeah, there we go. God damn it. Good <laughs> so mad deference. About that. But that dog goes outside and then Art has to comically make his way back over the fence so he doesn't get bit mm-hmm. up by the giant Great Dane. So uh, I feel like the neighbor, by the way, looking at, but this is the first live show we've actually done, like down in my basement together since December. So uh, I feel like I all you guys can see is just my eyes <laughs> like this and I'm the neighbor from Home Improvement. You look like, just you look like Wilson. Yeah. It's like you're wearing a mask. I can only see your eyes. Mm, My my greatest point. This is where all my diet's working Mm. from mid year up. And when I'm not working with tools, I'm always doing cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) What nobody realizes is this is always how I see Eric when he's peeking over the bathroom stall, when I see him hanging over the side of my car and I don't know he's there. Like he's just always just classic me. No pants no pants on. So uh they leave, and then uh, the gang theorizes that they're uh, they're not maybe maybe they're not murderers next door. They're just misunderstood. <laughs> but they're just normal. The Germans. ladies are pushing that. Yeah, yes. they're pushing yes. this fucking uh, uh, this this narrative. But he asks the ladies to leave the room, and Ray though stole the toupee mm-hmm. that was the from the Walters house. He has it in there, and he says it's definitely them, and he puts out this call to action. Tomorrow. As soon as that car leaves in the morning, I'm going over the fence, and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. <laughs> Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. <laughs> Oh, I'm inspired now to find out who, to, to prove this crime as legit. It's a great call to action because the, all the, the the extremists were mm. already ready. But when yeah. the level-headed Tom Hanks character, right, when he's now 100% in, oh, oh, shit got real. Now. Well, right, because yeah. he says he found mm. it when the dog came up out of the basement. He mm-hmm. saw the toupee wedged between some magazines all addressed mm-hmm. to Walter. Oh. Yes. Now, meanwhile, we we've kind of glazed over Corey Feldman's character Ricky. I this love entire him. Time. Ricky is the most <laughs> not '90s kid I've ever '80s '90s kid. Mm-hmm. He's just like, no, 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 shit goes down on my block. Come yes. out here. We we watch what happens out here. This is where shit happens. You can't leave. I called the pizza dinner. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, and exactly. we're to believe that that Ricky's parents are never home or something. Yes. Or, yeah. yeah, but look at him though. He's a kid who's definitely been neglected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was hanging out with. Michael Jackson and a monkey. So I'm a latchkey kid. My parents come back every three months. Like I mean, if we're gonna talk about bad parenting, can we talk about the fact that Eric left me alone with one of his kids for like 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, is Eric's your parent? I mean, you're the one that's in danger there. Those yeah, kids are that's crazy. My, 
That's my point. That's my point. Is Eric's like, here, hang out with my kid. I'm like, <laughs> okay. This is where the movie disappoints me because a Goonie kid doesn't want in on the adventure. Yeah, Aww. I don't like that he's. I don't like that he's on the sidelines. He that likes to stir it up and then just sit back and well, watch what what he's helped create. Well, here. true, but actually, my opinion is that's a great point. My opinion is Ricky does want in on it, but he's so young that they don't include him. That's what it is. I feel art would include him okay. for sure. But the other adults are like, you're young, you're a kid. Like, they don't include him. He wants in on that fucking action. And they don't let him. So uh, their plan, though, is as the uh, the Clopex leave. By the way, real quick, I think Ashley was speaking about her own personal life experiences there. <laughs> not being included in things as a youngster. I think your shit got real for a second there. Do you know how hard it is when I find out they're playing Quiplash without me in a oh, private bag? Room. I'm we turning try. it. I'm turning into the Chris Lawrence of being left out. It's- <laughs> Wait to hear how many episodes of this show they've done without you in the last month. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, the feed says 200. The Patreon says 425. <laughs> I've been wondering why my cut has been so small. <laughs> I was so happy that all my cool friends finally decided to join me in on something when I was a kid, and then I found out how they were all going to shame me and rape me in front of everybody. <laughs> all right. It just it just seemed like a big letdown. <laughs> We all have issues growing up. I really thought I was going to be part of something. Can I just tell you, Jeremy? Jeremy, can I tell you that, um, you know what? You weren't missing out on the gang rape. It's not as much fun as you think it is. Uh, I was fine with, like, when they poured the blood all over me, but then the raping began. Good title of the episode. Good point. I didn't even have any like telekinesis powers to try to fight back. All right, relax. All right, let the bit die. So <laughs> they go, they go, they go to infiltrate the Klopex house while they are out, and luckily, Sweetheart goes to go cut the power here. Check the basement. Be careful up there, Art. Go slow, huh? Goes to hey, climb the pole. Is my middle name. And this is Eric at work at Comcast. Yes. <laughs> this is. This is. <laughs> so, safety is my middle name. <laughs> hey, speaking of safety, this is a real story, okay? I'll, I'll share this with you guys real quick. So, uh, earlier this week, speaking of safety, I had to go. Uh, I I have to read these safety meetings every once a week, right? Mm-hmm. And I got in trouble. Okay, I got in trouble during the safety meeting because I had to read this line, and I laughed. I laughed during this line, and I had my boss talk to me afterwards. Okay, here's the line, and let me know if you think this was an inappropriate time to laugh or not. Here we go. So, uh, here's the sentence before. Fatalities can also occur if electrical contact is made. Units tip over or operators fall from the platform. Next sentence. Here it is. Other incidents happen when workers are struck by loads. And I went, (laughs) 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 and I lost Hey, when I did that, there was four other people of these 12 that were listening. They went, (laughs) like that. When struck by loads, how do you not laugh? When I get struck by a load, I call it a FUPA violation. (laughs) (laughs) So my boss was just like, 
he hey he he pulled me aside. He was just like, "Listen, I know you apologized right after you did that, but you got to take safety really seriously." And I was just like, "I do. In fact, my entire life, I've avoided getting hit by loads." And I need you to know that. I need especially you to know that. in the face. In the face, especially. <laughs> I've done it my whole life. Man, if I could file claims for how many times I've taken a load during a comedy show, <laughs> I would never have to work again. <laughs> there's there's a movie in the works called uh, Master of Puppets where uh, James Hatfield doesn't actually have a band and and the guy knows all of Metallica's songs and of course Metallica is actually just regular contractors and he is like here's that joke that you made in that room and laughs when he says load (laughs) thank you for that good payoff thank you for all of that (laughs) (laughs) it's just like the Beatles movie but with Metallica that is true yeah I was waiting for that tie in I might be too drunk I'm mad that that you said it before I could and James Hetfield doesn't end up getting shot by me like in real life (laughs) alright so they infiltrate the house shortly after that now that they've taken down the security systems and they find this massive furnace that looks like it could burn up bodies but they don't see anything in there so they start digging up he ray ray and uh, art start digging up until to see if they can find a body uh then finally they think they found what is a coffin there mm-hmm. and they start to dig it up but it is actually the gas line and as the gas line is exposed and gas starts pouring out of this fucking milky death pit of goop and stuff that they've dug into. All of a sudden, they start running the out, problem? and then. Oh gosh! So the place blows. <laughs> Tom well, Hanks's character does not get out in time. No, Mm-mm. but what we miss, sorry, this is a little bit important. Okay. What we yeah. miss, though, is the reason we hear Ricky talking to the cops is because the Klopeks start to return home, mm-hmm. yes. see that people are in their home, their property, whatever, slowly start to back out of the neighborhood and call the cops to try and get there before they can, and then they blow up the fucking house. There's also a great line about, I think it's Rick and the, Tom Hanks are talking about how hot the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> That, that thing gets it's like is that yeah. normal for a house do you need like five thousand degrees yeah because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's right because they start in the backyard and they're not finding any bodies and, but you see art lounging in a in a hole and he's like man it's really hot out here and you just see tom hanks's character is the only one digging holes yeah and he's like you know you could you could pick one up right and he's like oh what no it's cooler in the house they probably put bodies in there yeah art's <laughs> the guy that like wants this to happen but then when it happens he's like now i'm, I'm done he's, i've made he's this yeah. happen useless. I'm, i have nothing He's useless when they go to break into the house, too. I love when they go to break into the house and they don't know what to do. And he's like, give me one yeah. of your credit cards. And Art's credit cards are fried from being electrocuted. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so then they use one of Tom Hanks's credit cards and it breaks in half. And he goes, eh, that was a shit store anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, after the gas explosion happens, luckily, Ray emerges from the fire with his eyes swole shut. He's fucked and up. He just looked, he honestly, he looks slightly better than the movie Castaway, right? Yeah, like, that's fair. Not a big step up. Like he didn't fuck a volleyball while he was in there, but like it's bad. It's it would have been time. great if he would have yelled Walter. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets out, and the police start scolding him. And as a guy who preaches safety of underground utilities, mm-hmm. they didn't call Miss Utility, and that's a bad. Co- anytime you dig, every dig, it's the law. Um, they. Uh, 
they then they also didn't call the homeowner association in the very beginning of this movie just to anything. report that their house was a shithole. Yes, yeah. and so uh, finally, Art and uh, 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 Ray's uh, relationship comes to a breaking point oh. here. God, you don't know when to quit, do you? Look at me. I'm a shell of a man because of you, Art. A soldier! You leave him alone! Get off their case already! They didn't do anything to us! They didn't do anything to us! Alright, so they're different, so they keep to themselves! Can you blame them? They live next door to people who break into their house and burn it down while they're gone for the day! (laughs) Remember what you were saying about people in the burbs, Art? People like Skip? people who mow their lawn for the 800th time and then snap well that's us it's not them that's us we're the ones who are vaulting over the fences and peeking into people's windows we're the ones who are throwing garbage in the street and lighting fires we're the ones who are acting suspicious and paranoid we're the lunatics us it's not them it's us I love this line right here that Art drops. Yeah, I don't know what to say. What do you want me to move? Move? It's <laughs> 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 so funny. <laughs> just immediately attacks. Yeah, him which is after so that. funny because you just see, <laughs> see Tom Hanks yeah. start to strangle him to death, which is hilarious. It's also like it's a great Hanks monologue there. A it rant. is. Mm-hmm. He's also making some good points. And is, isn't this about the time? Because his wife is out of town. He sent her to the lake yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about. Because Carrie Fisher would not let this happen. No, uh, no. She is a responsible human being. Yeah. Yeah. She's Rational. Tracy Woodworth in this situation. <laughs> oh, wait. We don't say her name. Erica. Erica, Erica Woodworth. Woodworth. Yes. Our podcast isn't popular enough. It's fine. <laughs> okay. She's good. She's I good already, the- I already made the mistake once. So, like, now you're in the clear. Right, so This yeah. is her social security number. <laughs> Here's where she works. I call Eric's children Woodworts. Because <laughs> oh, they're adorable. Yeah. Well, I called them Tiny Tracy and Tiny Eric today. Oh, that was pretty you. great. Yeah, I could tell you were struggling to be like, what's your name? <laughs> it's <laughs> weird that you picked yeah. out the girl with the biggest penis in my house to call them Eric. <laughs> Ashley? <laughs> I'm not in the household yet. <laughs> so uh, They're finishing my bedroom, which is this basement. Right. So. I can see that. Yeah. They break them apart and then Ray throws himself into the ab- ambulance as a wonderful piece of ad so lib and uh, yes. Dr. Klopek comes into the ambulance to let him know that uh, some information that he's found out you may have fooled the others Mr. Peterson but you don't fool me uh, if I fooled the others <laughs> you don't fool me I don't? no you don't am I missing something? Come now, Mr. Peterson. You were in my basement. Surely you looked in the furnace. Uh, I, I saw your furnace, Dr. Glove. I figured man's furnace is his own business. Eh? <laughs> you saw one of my skulls, didn't you? Oh, yes. I know you did. Belonged to a neighbor of yours. The name was Knapp. We took the house from them. 
I offered to buy it. But you know how old people are. They grow so attached to things. Uh, you know, Dr. Klubik, I think I forgot my wallet. Uh, I let you keep the femur. <laughs> now, now I want my skull. Or perhaps I might just take yours. Hans? Hey. And Hans is in the driver's seat of the ambulance uh, as he's producing a fucking needle it. to stab into his neck. They drive down the street. It crashes into the house. And then the, the fucking uh, gurney comes out full speed with him <laughs> and Dr. Klopek. It hits the Klopek's car and also pops open the trunk at the same time to reveal that the Klopeks actually are horrible murderous monsters which just goes to prove that all rumors and what you think of people immediately yes. when you see them are immediately the truth judge a book <laughs> judge by a its book cover by the 100% cover immediately it's just he, he kind of acted like hitler I love that this whole movie is like a breakup. Like maybe you shouldn't judge people by what they look like, and people are different. And, they, and the moral of the story is like, no, they're exactly <laughs> yes. what you think they are when you see them. There's nothing different that ever happens. A hundred percent, which is strong. I tire of my life. Yeah. And Art immediately gets to talk to the media afterwards because if you're gonna look for it, you look for the dumpiest white guy you can <laughs> in the neighborhood to tell everybody and the world what has happened. Next door. <laughs> Bush and I could snap your neck in a heartbeat. I think the message to uh, psychos, <laughs> fanatics, murderers, nutcases all over the world is uh, do not mess with suburbanites because, uh, frankly, we're just not going to take it anymore. You know, we're not going to be content to look after our lawns and wax our cars, paint our houses. We're out to get them, Don. We are out to get them. <laughs> Which is how exactly, I'm pretty sure this is how this movie is like, the this was the argument that got the stand your ground law passed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Finally, thank you. So, first of all, we, we just grazed over though the fact that when Bruce Dern sees Hans starting to slip away, I love that he goes, Where are you going, Pinocchio? Because he's wearing later hosen. <laughs> he slides into him and tackles him, which is great. Just choke slams that Oh kid. my god. So has Bruce Dern done a lot of comedy? Because He's very funny in this. He's not his normal gig. He needs to do more while he's still breathing. Yes. I'm just saying. But also, yeah. suburbanites are my second favorite villain uh, from the Hellraiser series. <laughs> <laughs> so the Klopex are arrested. Art does talks to the media. Ray embraces his wife as they walk down the street. And we finally get to see Corey Feldman look at the camera and say this. God, I love this street. God, nothing like a teenage kid says, I love the suburban street that I live yes. on. Yeah. That speaks to Generation X. <laughs> and that brings us to an end. Of the Burbs. Oh, my a fucking favorite. wonderful cult classic. God. Yes. Didn't do well commercially, but oh, uh, has picked movie. up this following here. Uh, Jeremy, your final thoughts on the Burbs? Uh, I think the movie was that much better just because of Jerry Goldsmith, the uh, same composer of uh, Poltergeist and uh, Alien. Yeah, it really it is. tied yeah. things together. I will say that the, the I do love the audio as an audiophile, a man who edits podcasts and makes music with with this man. Uh, oddly enough, uh, I did I did appreciate the the sound effects 
and the score of this film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ashley, give us your final thoughts on this film. I've already said it. This is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, and I just want to say, uh, the kid's a meatball. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and Rob Mayer, who suggested this movie, God bless you. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much you so for much. bringing this to the forefront. Your final thoughts on it. At the end of the day, that's a neighborhood I kind of want to live in. Yeah. I I, I, do, I do. I would like to live there. Yeah. Um, I just want to say also, I, I did a Joe Robinson and never actually watched this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so upset right now. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. Well, hey, Rob, I just read the IMDb. I'm so fucking pissed. Just read the book. Yeah. Oh my god, he's doing the Chris Restivo podcast and he can't watch the burbs. I'm gonna kill myself. So uh, hey, I'm kidding. I paid the three dollars. So Rob, this comes out on 420. What what do you got to plug? What do you got coming out there in the ether here? I have shows with you and I. I know you uh, and me in Arlington Draft House on yeah. the 22nd and 23rd. Yeah, or, uh, on the 25th, 25th. April 22nd. Uh, Thursday night, you and me, two-man comedy show, mm-hmm. Arlington Draft House. And then that Sunday, uh, we're back with the whole murder mystery gang, the final rose, the bachelor, bachelorette meets murder. Uh, that's April 25th, Sunday night, Arlington Draft House. I'm excited. Uh, the Arlington Draft House, it's good to be back. It's good that COVID is finally ending, and, and I'm excited about that. Also, uh we can't say what's going to happen because Joe Robinson is an avid listener, but are mm. you excited about the 23rd? Are you familiar with what the 23rd date is? Um, is that the uh, it's a big anniversary? anniversary? It's yes. a big anniversary. That so. is the anniversary of one of Joe's... Uh, uh, Really landmark moments of his God. esteemed life. I'm fucking excited oh, about that. Yep. I'm really Took excited me about that. Yep. Um, Rob, where can people find you at? Where, where's the best way to look you it's up? It's just uh, robmare.com, M-A-H-E-R, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all the good stuff, the uh, the TikToks, the yep. uh Check out his dry bar. Fiveplatedclothing.com. <laughs> yeah, drybarcomedy.com slash Rob M. Free comedy special. Enjoy it. Hell yeah. Check that shit out. And Ashley, where can people find you at, love? You can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. You can catch me uh, coming up May 14th and 15th. I'll be at Stand Up Connecticut, so I'll be out of town for those shows. All right. Hell yeah. Check that out. You know, the second Saturday shit show is free every second Saturday of the month. I don't know why I keep plugging it. It's just (laughs) part of how I end the show every week. Uh, Mike Quinlan, Kimberly Callahan. You know what? I'll say it. Check out Old School Revolution. Mickey Coachella and the great Kimberly Callahan. Friends of ours. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Uh, All things Eric Comedy. EricComedy.com for show dates and all that good shit. And tickets to uh, the merch and all that. Jeremy, take us out. Wilson! (laughs) Just the other day I saw the birds That's when I Oh
Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher, just a straight silent Bob Dylan. 